Welcome to another episode of Strange Places. I'm your host, Tom Allen. Each episode, I sit down and chat with interesting new guests about their travel experiences, along with many other topics. Every episode has something totally new with fresh perspectives from different types of travelers. I learn a lot from hearing stories and tips from travelers who do things a little differently than I do, and I think you will too. Strange Places is brought to you by FlightsMachine.com, a service that sends you incredibly cheap airfare deals for your home airport. With deals like 315 round trip to Venice, Italy, or 280 round trip to Hawaii, you can save hundreds each time you book and use all that leftover money on the actual trip. Visit flightsmachine.com slash strangeplaces for 50% off your first six months. I really hope you enjoy this episode. Thanks for joining us. Hey guys, I'm here with uh, two new guests, two of my friends, uh, Quinn and Jake. Um, Say hello, guys. Hi, Tom. Hey, Tom. Hi. (laughs) Um, Jake and Quinn are friends of mine here in Salt Lake City, and they're going to be chatting with me for the next some odd minutes, and probably up to an hour or so. (laughs) And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about some of the trips they've been on and um, other random things that come up. I think Quinn might share a, a couple um, fun travel tips with us too. Um, so to get started, uh, you guys, what's your next trip coming up? We are heading to Italy next week, actually, with my entire family, extended family, and Jake. And this will be the first time that Jake has joined us on a family vacation, um, and it should be pretty fun. We're going over Christmas to Italy, and we're starting in Venice, and then we stay there for three nights, and then we head over to Rome. And yeah, it should be a lot of fun. It's going to be, my family's very fun and laid back, and Jake gets along really well with them. So Yeah, but getting the invite is like... I'm feeling the pressure, you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, it's a big deal. High pressure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's got to be funny the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, actually, they're awesome, and it'll be a lot of fun. They're super cool to hang out with, and, like, yeah, just really, I'm really looking forward to it. They're going to be listening to the episode, so it's good mm-hmm. to said yeah, that. Yeah, good work. Right? Yeah. 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 Nice. I slipped him a five. <laughs> yeah, no, it's fun, though. My um, So we're going with... So it's Jake and I, and then it's my grandma, who um, is young and fun, and my aunt and uncle, and then I have two cousins who are both little boys, and one is nine turning ten, and the other is twelve, and my little brother is eleven, and he's coming with us, as well as my parents, my mom and dad, so. And that's her entire family, Mm -hmm. the Mm -hmm. whole family, which I think is awesome because you can all hang out and it's not like overwhelming yeah well don't you have a little brother that's pretty young yeah so he's 10 no he's 11 okay so 11 Mm -hmm. and so it's fun because we have two cousins that are both boys too and so they sandwich him for age i love how you said your young grandma is coming Mm -hmm. well she is because you sometimes you think about traveling with elderly people and i've done this before and it's it's like not they aren't very mobile and they're kind of i don't know stodgy and she's fun and hip and cool and sweet yeah she she's so cool yeah Yeah. (laughs) when i was like 10 she (laughs) we were out together she took like she ordered a beer with dinner and she took this huge like sip and goes quinn i hope one day you grow up to love beer (laughs) and that was like her like (laughs) bless you child (laughs) you know yeah so um yeah so it's gonna be fun this is the first time in a long time that we've done a family trip over christmas but um it's great because we get to spend time together and we don't really need material things and we would much rather just hang out and travel and explore and you know what an amazing present to Mm -hmm. get to hang out as a family and jake (laughs) and so yeah it'll be it'll be really fun um yeah, I'm I'm excited. So that's our that's our next trip mm-hmm. next week. Sweet, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, how long are you going for? So we actually fly to Denver because that's where my extended family lives. So mm-hmm. we leave next Friday for Denver, and then we leave Christmas Eve, I believe, for 
well, it's overnight trip. So we get yeah. there Christmas Eve in Venice, and then we're there for seven days. So cool. um, three days in Venice, and then we take a train into Rome, and four days in Rome. Rome is cool. Mm-hmm. Is it your first time in Italy? So I've actually spent a week in both places, but this is Jake's first time. Yeah, I've not been there. And cool. like, man, I wish it was a month instead mm-hmm. of a week, but yeah. I'm happy to go for a week too. Yeah, we're it's, scouting to go back. <laughs> yeah, it's just like you, like you make that flight, you feel like you really want to make it worth your while, so mm-hmm. to speak, and it'd be awesome to just stay. You, you know the flight home is optional. Yeah, mm. for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Huh. Um, we come back New Year's Eve, actually. And so it's going to be a long day. I think it ends up being like 30 hours or something like that. Yeah, then we're going to rage. Yeah, and then yeah, and then, <laughs> then we're staying up till min- midnight, obviously. So. <laughs> no. Yeah, that sounds like a good trip. Um, so, Quinn, you were in Italy previously. When was that? A long time ago. So um, one year, my family went to Rome for Christmas, but this was 12 years ago, I think, or 13 years ago. Mm-hmm. So um, two years in a row, we went to um, we went on vacation for Christmas with the family, but that was before all three of the boys were born. So we went to Rome for a week, and then the following year, we went to Barcelona for a week, which was a lot of fun. And in that interim, in that year, my aunt and I actually went to Venice for a week, just the two of us. And it was an amazing trip, and it was so fun. I mean, it was just us. And meanwhile, my parents were in Costa Rica, so they got a reprise from me, and I got to go on a fun trip with my aunt. So, yeah, it was a lot of fun. We um, That was when we used to travel a lot, and then we kind of took a break when we had little boys running around. And so mm-hmm. now this is this is our first time going on a trip as a family so it should be fun it'll be a lot of fun yeah that's awesome Mm -hmm. jake what are uh, what are your uh i guess ideas of what italy is going to be like you know um this sounds so dumb but i'm so just looking forward to the food like i love italian food so much and um, lasagna. I went on a tour of Salt Lake a while ago, just <laughs> e- going to every Italian place I could find eating the oh, lasagna nice. to, to find who had the best one. And oh, so, I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to the food. Um, obviously, the architecture. I mean, mm-hmm. it just blows my mind when I think that these some of these cities are so old. Mm-hmm. Here in the States, we've got the oldest <laughs> thing we have is, you know, like... Um, 400 years old maybe some places yeah maybe yeah but yeah it's just um it's just crazy to think about um yeah those are the two biggest things yeah the architecture is really cool there um Mm -hmm. what is it the the pantheon or the parthenon Mm -hmm. that's in rome pantheon pantheon i think so i can never remember i know i get them confused one's one's in greece and one's yeah Mm -hmm. but the one that's in rome that has like the hole in the middle is really amazing and i guess was one of the first um one of the earliest uses of concrete in architecture like that really so yeah it was um i've heard if it's ever raining in rome you should go there because the rain falls through the center of that hole and it looks really cool very cool so i never got to see that but that would be really cool when were you there last yeah uh in rome i went when i was like 22 so it was um nine years ago yeah but i i loved rome i love the forum and just that whole city is like when you get to the area with like the huge i don't know what that building is with the like statues all around and it's it's like uh um is it part of the forum no it's um it's kind of in just near the Colosseum, kind of all that stuff is hard to remember where it Mm -hmm. is but it's just an amazing downtown. Like mm-hmm. you're you're downtown, but you're also like amongst all these like crazy things and architecture and um yeah, I loved I loved Rome. I actually went and ate at a place just outside of town. And if you guys want, I could find out the name of it because it was like unbelievable. Yes. It please. was um my my friend Sean had dated this girl 
I think while he lived in Turkey or something, I don't know the timeline, but she met up with me in Rome and then took, drove me outside of Rome to this place. And it's like, uh, this really old, um, restaurant with like picnic tables inside, like really long picnics tables. And everyone sits at the same table, you know, like a hundred people to a table and they just serve you like basically what we would call charcuterie, just big balls of mozzarella, like fresh Mm. and prosciutto and all these like fresh, fresh baked bread and all this stuff. And they just like chop it up on a huge uh, wooden block in the middle of the table. And it was incredible. Wow. That sounds amazing. Rome has the oldest coffee shop. Is that right? Cafe? Yeah. And Mm -hmm. so that's right outside the forums, I think, or somewhere around there. So we have that on our list to go to. But it's been around for, do you remember how many years? It's been up and running for, I think, 750 years or something like that, which is Again, like what you were saying, Jake. They that probably blend have of... like a killer pumpkin spice latte. Amazing yeah. one. <laughs> Should how go do, and ask for it. That restaurant you were talking about, <clears throat> how do they bill you for your food if it's like communal like that? Well, it's you you have your like group oh, that you're oh, ordering okay. with, but it was it was really funny. It was rowdy and the waiters were like, you know, it was hot and sweaty and loud and just like really crazy. And you feel like you're in a, another era or something. Mm-hmm. And and the waiter would come up and, you know, say something in Italian. And um, we we all kind of looked at each other like, do we are we ready to order? And he was already gone. He was mm-hmm. like, I don't have time <laughs> <Nope>. for this. <laughs> and so, like, you got to be ready to, like, order real quick. How did she find out about that place? Uh, she's she's from Rome. Oh, so okay. I so think she, she just knew. I could put you guys in touch with her, but you guys probably have an itinerary with yeah, your family. And so being that it's just a week. Short, it's very brief. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is like an hour outside of Rome, so mm-hmm. it's a bit of a drive. Mm-hmm. Maybe next time. But it's underground, too. Really? Yeah, it's like underneath the road or something. Wow. Weird. I can't remember exactly. Hmm. It's all a little fuzzy, you know. Mm-hmm. There's some cool stuff underground in uh, those European cities. I think the catacombs are fascinating. Oh, yeah. And I know there's some in Rome mm-hmm. that oh, I would really? like to check out. There's actually quite a few, like yeah, thirty-four different batches. Well, that are open, but uh, you found seventy some odd. Right? I don't remember the number. But there are a lot. Yeah, it was kind of overwhelming because I just wanted mm-hmm. to go to like the catacombs, and I mm-hmm. had too many choices, <laughs> mm-hmm. so I quit. We looking. went to the catacombs in Paris, though, and that was pretty cool. That was super cool. Have you been there? No, in the catacombs. Yeah. Oh man, it was nuts. Like they're pretty deep do you remember how deep they are no but i just remember going down and down and down and down oh man and then yeah filled with so many bones and that's so what's the history i i don't really know the history of the catacombs they just used to take dead bodies down there and just let them rot plague and so they just had so many bodies piling up and so they ended up making them into this weird kind of like it was during the plague i it was a plague. I don't know if it was the plague, but they had yeah. some sort of disease that wiped out a bunch of people. I wish I could remember. Or maybe the catacombs have been around for multiple plagues or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, they're could just be. filled with... I mean, you become numb to the fact that there are skulls, and every skull is, you know... A person. Exactly. Yeah, it doesn't seem real. No. It's so weird. Yeah. And they have them stacked into, like, hearts. <laughs> yeah. And, you know... and. But the trippy thing is, so there's, like, the path that you take you know but that's just a blip in the like um web of tunnels and everything labyrinth have you heard of like people like there's people that like know like secret entrances and whatnot and they'll go exploring and then like every once in a while someone will get lost and die the worst loneliest death ever yeah that's pretty rough yeah Yeah. people think that they can make it back and so they take their own offshoot and yeah. You know, climb behind some, the some rat comes and eats your cookie crumbs. Yeah, exactly. And then <laughs> you become one of the skulls. That's what I remember from Paris. It was rats. You know, I've heard there that there were so many rats when I was there. Oh no, we did see rats in the park near the Eiffel Tower. Remember? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that was the only place we saw them. Yeah, but they were like bold. Yeah, they were. Yeah. They were 
<laughs> Brash yeah. rats. <laughs> they're uh, they're used to people for sure. Mm-hmm. I was I was with a group of people from my hostel and. We ended up walking from like Sacré-Cœur, I don't know how to say that place, Sacré-Cœur, yeah, (laughs) all the way down to Arc de Triomphe Mm -hmm. and then down to the Louvre. Mm -hmm. We walked that and that's like really far and to the Eiffel Tower and, you know, kind of hit everything. Um, And when we went by the Eiffel Tower, there were like, there was like a thousand rats and I chased them all into a corner and they all were like piling up in this big like Ugh. ball in the corner. <laughs> it, was really, it was really. I'm glad they didn't turn creepy. on you. Yeah, that's yeah. what I. Was I know they say. could have just swallowed me whole and beady eyes. Oh. Yeah, just throw me in the catacombs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. They're still functioning today. So, did you guys do a tour of the catacombs? We. It was like not a guided tour. There were guided mm-hmm. tours available. We kind of just showed ourselves around and eavesdropped on a tour or two. We had an audio guide. Oh too. yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> so oh, the was... little headphones yeah. things. Mm-hmm. Those are actually great. Was it an was it a official one that came with the entrance fee? We, we paid extra to okay. get it, and yeah, it was worth it. I would say we learned a lot more than you know the placards don't really tell you anything. Yeah. So. Plus, they're all in French. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but we did do some of those like rick steves uh audio tour things oh yeah on your phone yeah Mm -hmm. yeah and those are cool you can download them in advance so we did one through the louvre and we only had we were only in paris i think for three or four days it was pretty brief and we were trying to hit everything because neither of us had ever been there before so i had planned like down to the hour where we were going to be it was a little Mm -hmm. much but we ended up hitting almost everything that we wanted to see. However, we got to Paris, and I think the Louvre was open late that night. And so... And it was a Friday night. It was it Friday night. It was open crowded. until like 10, and we got there at 7.30 or 7. And so we were just cruising through. Um, we um, we downloaded the Rick Steves app or his guided tour, I guess. And then we hit all of the big things. And then because that was only an hour, that allowed us more time just to wander with the two of us, which was fun. And it was surprisingly empty and it was fun, don't you think? Yeah, no, it was really cool. I would have loved to spend, I mean, you could spend days going through there. In the Louvre? Yeah. Like you can't take it all in in a couple hours. No, by the end you're just like, oh. another massive marble statue that was carved when i went i just was like okay where is hardly anyone going Mm -hmm. and i ended up kind of gravitating toward the egyptian arm of the uh, of the louvre and that was amazing it was like so many artifacts from egypt that had ended up there that were you know mummies and um sarcophagi I guess. Mm-hmm. Is that the plural? plural. Yeah, I think yeah, so. yeah, of course. Um, <laughs> Clearly. Of course. <laughs> yeah, of course. Uh, and that was that was really cool. So I, I've heard, did you guys go see the Mona Lisa? Because that's what everyone yeah. does, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, what What were your thoughts? It's small. Yeah, <laughs> it's small. It's very crowded in that it's room. so yeah. crowded. It's like, I, I mean, you, you got to look at it if you're there, I guess. But it wasn't, mm-hmm. I didn't study it. And everybody's taking pictures of it on their Isn't phone. Isn't that yeah. the dumbest and it's like, thing? Do you realize this? There's a lot of photos of this painting. Uh, yeah. No, that <laughs> blows my mind when people do that. Jake and I got a good selfie with her in the mm-hmm. background. Yeah. It was kind of like an ironic selfie, though, uh-huh. right? We didn't. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's totally ironic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I didn't print it out. <laughs> but yeah, we actually ended up, kind of to your point, we ended up in the basement, remember, underneath the Louvre and that's where they had excavated some of the old building. They had some of the original foundation. Did you see that? Do you remember that part? Yeah, I remember this part of the Da Vinci Code. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We were in. (laughs) Um, I don't remember that part in the film but the original like foundation, It when did they start construction on that place? I have no idea. Forever. (laughs) Dawn of time. I was like... (gasps) Like, just so fascinated. Quinn's like, let's leave. Like, no, it's I just wasn't. a wall. <laughs> Stop. But it was just us, remember? Which was pretty incredible because the Louvre is obviously one of the most popular places ever. And we basically had the whole yeah. ground floor to ourselves, which was nice to get away, especially after seeing the Mona Lisa and kind of 
elbowing your way, jostling your way through the rest of it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It can be nice to be like the only people on a tour. Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. I did a tour in, um, let's see, where was I? Budapest. Um, There's a castle there and underneath, have you guys been to Budapest? Mm -mm. There's a castle and like underneath for a long time, well, during like, um, I guess it would have been during World War II or during the Cold War, they had like a fallout shelter down there. And it was really intense. And so I went, uh, someone recommended it to me to go and take a tour of the fallout shelter. And um, I showed up and this was like 22 year old Tom, you know, like (laughs) young whippersnapper. (laughs) And uh, yeah, it was just one, this girl, this like gorgeous uh, girl doing the tour and me. And I was, you know, with her for like an hour, just like touring this place. And it was, it was really funny. Yeah. I had a huge crush on her, but, um, it was actually a really cool place. They had, you know, so many, they used it as a, I think it was a hospital during world war two. Um, and then it became a fallout shelter after that. And they put in all these like weird shower systems and there were gas masks and all these like big crazy suits and, um, medical devices that were really weird and stuff like that so it was kind of a cool tour that sounds awesome that yeah sounds memorable yeah was your tour guide a local um i she worked there i i, I was, assume i've just been surprised at the amount of tour guides that are not locals oh yeah that's yeah. true especially yeah. walking tour guides yeah yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. which it makes it you know they're usually fun and entertaining um i don't know I guess I never really considered it until I started noticing, like, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't be a tour guide in Salt Lake. I mean, <laughs> do people boring. do that? I think, <laughs> I think a lot of those people like went and studied abroad in, you know, some city and then they fell in love with it. And so they learned mm-hmm. a ton of stuff and then they're like, okay, maybe uh, I could just do walking tours and yeah. take tips from people. Mm-hmm. Maddie yeah. and I did a, a walking tour in uh, New Orleans when we were there. Maddie's my friend and all, all of our friends, really. Yeah. And um, she and I went to New Orleans and we went on this tour and the guy was like an aspiring actor and just wanted the limelight on him. And that's why he became a tour guide. You could tell he was just like the loudest one yelling always, you know, like yeah. you'd be next to other tour guides and he would be like, pay attention to me. I have the fun voices. He'd <laughs> be like... <laughs> we're standing in the square like what yeah. anyway but he yeah it probably he, works though right uh-huh it totally did it was those free tours and it was it was a decent one mm-hmm. at the end you just tip them the amount that you think it's worth it and yeah i mean it was fun and it was a good hour and we learned a lot and and we had a charismatic if you can call him that <laughs> tour guide so <laughs> yeah that was fun yeah, I've, I've been on a few of those walking tours, and they're usually pretty solid. I We found that if you do them towards the beginning of your stay in a city, mm-hmm. it's it's good. Because then like you get the lay of the land, so to speak, mm-hmm. and learn some things. And then you're like, oh, yeah, let's go see that. And you hadn't thought of that before. Mm-hmm. You know? Sometimes they'll give you good food recommendations, too, and mm-hmm. tell you where to go. One yeah. of Jake and my favorite tours that we went on was in Brussels. And that was our chocolate and beer tour. And that was pretty incredible. Yeah, that I was like those things. Oh man, it was the best. Chocolate um, and beer. It was like a six or an eight hour. <laughs> it was a long thing. thing. And we, um, yeah, it started with chocolate, and so we hit I think five or six little local chocolatiers, and then and then we moved to beer. And the guy said that he. Um, had intentionally done it that way because previously he had done beer first, but then everybody was so tanked that they didn't want any yeah. of the chocolate. <laughs> but yeah, by the end we were all friends and we were hanging out with everybody like we'd known him for years and <laughs> bouncing from bar to bar, drinking really, really alcoholic beers. And yeah, do you ever drink um, delirium? Yeah. yeah. So, so some of those Belgian beers that, you know, you see in the liquor store, you're like, do I feel like spending that much money on a beer right now? You no, know, those beers. That's usually the answer. <laughs> well, you know, everyone's not, but they're all local and they're two bucks, you yeah. know, and it was just like overwhelming. Oh, really? oh yeah. It was so cool. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so that. Bud Light's the imported stuff. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's so funny. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Yeah. Oddly, it? when I'm in Nepal, those are the only high point beers you can get. Which it's ones? Like, Belgians? Yeah. Belgians like Duvel and mm-hmm. some of those are, you know, a few of the nicer restaurants in town will have those. Hmm. But yeah, the, the beer selection in Nepal is not good. Do they have any local beers? Yeah. They have Everest and uh, Gorka and I can't remember what else, but they're all bad. They're do, really bad. Beers. Do they get exported? They're like huge 32 ounce, like, oh, like nasty loggers. And they have this like, like all the beers in Asia come in these big bottles and they're kind of just this skunky flavor lager that I always, yeah, the, the ones I uh, have drank a lot are like in Thailand and, um, and in Indonesia, they have, uh, what is it? Chong in Thailand. And then they have, uh, Bintang in Indonesia and those, they make me so sick after I drink them for like a month. I just, cause they're so skunky or like, I, I don't know. Maybe it's like the water they use in them or something, or maybe I'm just sick already. Cause I, I get a little, huh. you know, I get a little sick when I travel for a long time. I so. wonder if they make those beers out of rice instead of mm. barley, because I know some are, some light beers are brewed with tiger is. Oh yeah. I've Ti- had tiger. Yeah. Tiger's yeah. a rice beer. Uh-huh. I don't know about the others, but tiger is from Thailand. I think, I don't know. I'm not sure. But yeah, beer selection in some countries is is rough. I've uh, I've struggled with that before. Yeah, that that seems like is it kind of um, countries more certainly not third world. What's the word I'm looking for? Just uh, developing countries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah, I think so. And like um, Nepal, I think a big reason is a combination of of re- religious control of the government and also uh uh well corruption basically so like if you try and start a brewery it it's going to be really difficult there Hmm. so that's why there's huge monopolies of these terrible beers and Hmm. you know it's like america yeah well (laughs) yeah (laughs) i mean we don't have as bad of a situation but um yeah, I don't know. I've I've talked to people in Nepal before and just saying like, man, it would be amazing to start a brewery out here and make some good beer because it's one of the things you just want so bad when you get off these long like two or three week treks. It's just like, man, I just want a really good beer. Mm-hmm. Um, and any beer will do in a lot of cases, <laughs> but... Man, yeah. two or three week treks. I want a really good beer after a one hour hike. <laughs> yeah, you know, like I can imagine the jonesing you've had. You'd have. Well, like, we we have beers on the trek too, oh, okay. but it's like once you get back, it's like celebration time. You yeah. know, take a shower. Oh yeah. So take a shower. Have a first, beer. like heated shower in three weeks is pretty uh, amazing. Yeah. What uh what hiking have you guys done while you've been out? Hmm. Well, we were in Colorado last year and Mm. we summited a 14er, Mm -hmm. which I realized doesn't mean shit unless you start from the bottom. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You can like drive to what? You can drive to 13,000 feet. Was it Pikes Peak or something? No, we did Beerstadt. Beerstadt? In uh, where is it? Just outside of Denver. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Not in Estes Park, is it? No. But Rocky Mountain? I mean, it's cool being that. On it's such so a... popular, though. It's way too busy. You are. It was. It was basically like being in a mall. Like you just had a line of people just cruising up in front of you, and you just pass people. And yeah, that one was pretty absurd. It was very... We did a great one in uh, Wyoming in the, the wind, Tetons. Wind River. No. Oh, yeah. Um. What was that called? Hell's Backbone. Oh. No. That was where the Hell's Steps. Oh, that yeah. was Hell Alaska Steps, Basin. Alaska Basin, that's right. Have you been there? That's in... It's, wait, but that's not Grand that's, Teton. That's, um, it's on the Idaho side of the Tetons. Right. Oh, well, really? But then you okay. go through... Is it in Wyoming? It is, and it's barely in Wyoming. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I know there's on one in the, the wind, in the Wind River Range mm-hmm. called like sta- the Hell's Stairway or something like that. 
that might be the one that we did and we did it. I did one with Ryan and Ryan decided to like run, of course, you know, like a 13 mile loop or (laughs) something through the mountains while me and Annette like took a more chill stroll up there. You know what? That's hilarious because we were in the winds with Ryan and Uh he wanted to summit whatever peak it was. And we're like, all right, we're good. And he was shady too. It was shady as hell. Yeah. And it was getting late. Which peak? Uh, I don't know. It looks like elephant ear or something like that. Lizard head? Maybe. Might have been. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not sure. I don't remember. Yeah. Yeah. I, I ran into, we were hiking out there and ran into this guy Anthony Mara, who I'm probably going to have him on the show, I'm hoping. Um, But we just randomly ran into him and he was going to the top of Lizard Head and there was lightning and like a huge snowstorm coming in. And it was just like, you're going to do that right now? He's like, yeah, we're going to try. We'll see how far we get. And I'm like, okay. Holy <laughs> yeah, the what, guy's pretty nuts. What are your thoughts on hiking atop a mountain? When there's lightning, no, near. no, is my thought. <laughs> See, me too. I was up just, it was just up Grandeur Peak or one of these close mm-hmm. ones up Mill Creek, and there was a storm coming in, and I was like, I'm done. Like, and I started bailing, and there were still people going up the trail. I'm like, hey, man, like, there's stuff like pretty close. I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, thanks. Yeah. I'm like, all right, bye. It's crazy. Yeah, that's interesting. Like, I wasn't sure if I was being overly cautious or if they're just like dumb. Mm. Maybe not dumb, but just, I don't know what the word is. Did they look dumb? No, they didn't. But I still think they might have been. Yeah. Yeah. Looks can be deceiving. Maybe they just didn't know. Maybe they, I don't know. Who knows? I mean, sometimes you want to just go for it. What would you do? Okay, you're on a peak and there's a lightning storm. What is your best option if you can't descend? So I've heard that... The way you deal with it, and I'm probably wrong about this, but um, you can like lie down in kind of like gullies or whatever. And and the way I've, the analogy I've heard is you picture a really big ball rolling across the terrain mm. and anywhere the ball wouldn't touch is the least likely place the lightning will strike. Hmm. So like... Huh. Um, yeah, like even a little ditch. If yeah, you have just, nothing around, if there's a little tiny ditch, you can like lie down in that. Mm-hmm. And that's better than nothing. Mm-hmm. So if you have lightning crashing around you, you know, every 10 seconds, then that's what I would do. But if it's, you know, not very often, I'd probably just run off the mountain if I could. Sure. Yeah. Which mm-hmm. we had a close call, I think, two years ago up on Superior doing that. And it was. It was scary. A lot of lightning coming in just out of nowhere, mm-hmm. like blew in from American Fork Canyon toward us. So, um, yeah, we just ran for it. <laughs> yeah. That seems the most natural response for sure. You don't want to just wait it out if you don't have to. Yeah. Quinn, what are your thoughts on lightning? I'm afraid of it. <laughs> <laughs> that's about the extent. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to get hit. That's, that's about it. Yeah. Okay. I play it safe, too. I'm like you. Okay, so to get us back on track a little bit here, <laughs> um, uh, I want to ask you guys, when you are traveling, what are some of the things that you do that is, you know, maybe unique or or stuff that you feel like you've changed while traveling that you uh, you would recommend other people? I know Quinn's got some good stuff. Let me just, I'll just say the the biggest thing I've learned is you don't need as many clothes as you think you need. Mm, mm. That's a good one. Yeah, you yeah. can you can pack light and it, you know, it's no big deal. And then wash your underwear in Bruges. Yeah, and waste <laughs> your one night in Bruges washing your underwear in the yeah. bathtub. Don't I've do- definitely washed my underwear in a sink a couple times. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's just our one night in Bruges. Yeah, of all the <laughs> yeah. times to do half-assed laundry, it was that time. I always pack an extra shirt in my carry-on. Oh, smart. So when I like land during a layover or something, if I have a long layover, I like to like put a fresh shirt on, mm, so I'm kind of yeah. not all gross from the flight. It's a good idea. If it's like two big flights, you know. Mm-hmm. I um, don't know. There's. 
I mean, you want to plan, obviously, but you still want to, you know, you don't want to over plan, I'd say. And that's been something that we've been trying to find a good balance between. There are a lot of good online resources now so that you can almost plan your entire trip if you wanted to, but I don't know that that's the way to go. Some of our favorite things that we've done while traveling have been, you know, just because we stumbled into them. I'm mm. thinking of when we were in Chesky Krumlov, which is this little town outside of Prague. We went walking at nighttime and the town was completely vacant because it was February and it's a day resort. And we stumbled into a bowling alley that was underground and it was just us and a few locals and they were just shooting back the Bekarovka mm. and we bowled and Jake totally impressed them with his skills. <laughs> but um, no, it's, it's, I don't know. I, f I kind of feel more fulfilled when I plan because then I like know what I'm going into and then I can mm -hmm. like really kind of picture where I'm going before I get there. Um, and then when it all works out, there's that fulfillment. But yeah, you also, I don't know, don't want to over plan. What do you think? Well, I think you are the best at planning. Like Quint, seriously, it's like amazing. She, I mean, that's just kind of how your mind works anyway, mm -hmm. but, um, you plan really well. And so my advice is get yourself a travel partner. That's a good planner. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then like, just be easy going. <laughs> talk about the way that you want to travel too. Cause I feel like that's been really important, like getting us on the same mm. page. Cause yeah. I think that, um, time that we went to Europe and it was just super planned. That was almost too much for you. Right. Like. It was, and it was almost too much for me too. We were just going from thing to thing to thing, you know? So yeah, you got to like get the most of it while you're there, but also you want it to still be relaxing. I do anyway. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I mean, I don't know. It's just, I think going with, finding someone that you travel well with is really unique and special. And so talking about it beforehand, like even just kind of covering those bases, like, how do you like to travel? What do you want to do? Like what's too much and what's too little? I think that's important too for a new relationship. And it's definitely a test, right? Like mm -hmm. if you don't travel well together, like it could be a big red flag. Yeah. Cause when we went to Western Europe, we had only been dating for less than a year. And mm -hmm. I mean, it's all relative, I guess. But for me, that was like, Oh shit. Like this you know it was two weeks non-stop together yeah is mm -hmm. kind of a yeah and it was awesome it was so great like mm -hmm. no flaws or problems whatsoever mm -hmm. but that was just lucky i think well and i think too we kind of talked about it and we tried to you know clarify some stuff before we went and like how we wanted to travel and what we definitely did want to do and what we definitely didn't want to yeah i don't know mm -hmm. um i mean yeah and you uh, like oh sorry go ahead i i was just gonna say i think i'm a i'm more on the don't plan mm -hmm. spectrum mm. or side of the spectrum mm -hmm. um i think a lot i don't know because when you don't plan you expose yourself to just screwing up big time and and like i definitely am kind of a slacker in those terms where it's like you know, you don't want to go so little planning where you show up in a country and they're like, do you have a visa? And you're like, wait, a what now? <laughs> you know, that's like the lower end of like you if you really don't plan. But um, I think for me, sometimes it's really cool, especially in really um, underdeveloped tourism areas or something is to figure out how you're going to get from A to B and that can just be an adventure in itself mm -hmm. but that's more if you have a lot of time right mm -hmm. you're not going to do that on a seven day trip because you could burn a day or two yeah. that that happens yeah but but that's really important I mean some of my m most cherished memories are when you stumble into somewhere and are super pleasantly surprised mm -hmm. however I think because technology is so accessible and you know I I have full coverage and full data every time we travel. So it's really easy <clears throat> to um, feel like you should or could pull up TripAdvisor yeah. every time you're hungry. Do you hungry. have T-Mobile? Yeah. Yeah, me too. And so it's it's very appealing for that reason. Um, 
But then sometimes you go into a place that you have stumbled into and you're disappointed and you're like, well, shit, I'm only here for, you know, 15 meals or whatever. And now I've wasted, Mm -hmm. quote unquote, one of them. Like, I wish I would have done more research. It's also tricky because I'm vegetarian. And so like when we were in Prague, I really needed to do some research beforehand because a lot of places didn't have vegetarian options. Czech food is not naturally vegetarian, Mm -hmm. you know. I'm less worried about Italy because cheese, mm. great. But um, in Prague, we tried a couple times just to like wander in somewhere. And not only mm-hmm. is the menu not translated at all, but um, yeah, they just didn't have vegetarian options. And that that's a deal breaker for me. So, um, so in that case, we really, I did plan and I had backups and I made an Excel spreadsheet that... <laughs> <laughs> my type A personality is coming out, but um, I love spreadsheets. I love so, spreadsheets yeah. too, and it and it said from our hotel in every direction, from our hotel, how many minutes away it was. So I knew that if we were like northwest of my hotel, that we would be closer to like this chunk of restaurants than we would. Oh wow, it was so. incredibly thorough. Like it was really yeah, this impressive. Is some, this is some next <laughs> level planning. Yeah, I pulled up Google Maps before we went and like, you know, eight minute walk from our hotel because, yeah. Yeah, you would be an excellent, um, what are they called, like travel agent? Do those exist anymore though? Yeah, so there's, well, there's a new (laughs) website. Well, at least for when we went to Cuba, we had to actually have an itinerary that was very planned out. Yeah. Um, And so we used a website called Via Hero. And you basically there's all these profiles of people and they kind of say what they are into. Like I'm really into partying or I'm really into scenery and the outdoors and hiking. And you would just kind of pick the person who you thought fit your group um, mentality for the trip. And then they would plan, plan stuff for you. So they lined up like all the, um, dancing lessons for us with uh mojito making classes which turns out mojitos are just like you know rum and water and mint and a shit ton of sugar yeah (laughs) that's a classic cuban mojito (laughs) yeah and then what's the brazilian one a capriana or something and they they just don't put the mint in or something and it's like the same drink (laughs) so yeah but the it's interesting. You can hire people that are mm-hmm. that are uh, itinerary planners. We have um, so for this trip that we're going on to Italy, my grandma has used a kind of a travel agent, I guess you could call mm-hmm. him, and he put together a bunch of lists and like walking tours and stuff for our family for this next trip, and recommended a couple kid-friendly tours. So we are actually going on one when we tour the Colosseum and the Forums. That's for, it's kind of designed specifically to help with kids because, you know, their attention span is shorter and you want it to be interesting Mm -hmm. for them. So we, it's supposed to be both like good for adults and kids and kind of bridging that gap. So we're doing a couple of those. And, And he has been informative. He recommended too that we, since we are um, in Venice over Christmas, that a lot of places are closed. So recommended a couple of restaurants that he knew were open and could make reservations for, um, and then helped us with that. So that's nice. Um, yeah, that's super nice. Because <laughs> otherwise, we might not have a place to eat right. on Christmas. Yeah, how sad would that be? You're in Italy on Christmas, and you're then you're looking for a McDonald's. Yeah, <laughs> just something yeah. that's open. McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> But, um, yeah, so, I mean, I know they still exist. But, again, trying to find that that middle ground between over-planning and under-planning is tough. And, mm-hmm. and like I said, I, I think I just feel more um, gratified, I guess, when I have planned and then stuff works out or I know what I'm walking into. You know, it's, yeah. it's more fun to get excited about a city when you have a better base layer of what you're kind of yeah. going to expect. Mm-hmm. But... Similarly, you don't want to overplan it because then you you never get to discover what you want. I mean, if you look at TripAdvisor for Salt Lake, like I would not go to the top places. I don't places. even want to see that. Yeah, I, I'm gonna have to one. check that out. We're we're gonna have to pull that. Actually, I'm gonna just do it. Yeah, we'll uh, 
Park Cafe is number one for breakfast, which makes me feel very sad. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of Park Cafe. I'm it sorry to cult. everyone in Salt Lake <laughs> listening to this yeah. that loves that it's place. It's got a cult but. following. But like, like if you had to tell one person, you had your best friend coming in town and you were like, just go one place. Like you would not recommend the Park Cafe. Go no. wait outside for an hour and a half and get like... I'm not going to say on this podcast what my favorite breakfast mm-hmm. place is because then the line will get really exactly. long. Yeah, that's a that's a good call. But so It's Tristan. Roots Cafe. <laughs> I, thought, I thought it was D's for sure. D's, D's yeah. on 7th. D's is pretty solid. Yeah, yeah. on 7th D's. Clarifying. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, again, too, when you're vegetarian, you do have to do some meal prep, but I don't know. What do you, What are your thoughts, Jake? on uh planning versus not planning well yeah like you said well i mean if if i was traveling i would probably just book a hotel and then show up um and see what there is to see like if if you weren't there that's probably how i would do it and i might miss out on a lot like the eiffel tower in paris yeah oh what's that thing (laughs) but um no so i'm really glad that you like we kind of like almost balance each other out yeah yeah so i don't know but like traveling with tom if you know if we ever did that that'd be maybe too chilled out but it'd be awesome you know yeah. just be like okay well what's what's going on here it'd be fun yeah it'd be a lot of fun. i mean the stuff i like is just being with a group of people who wants to do really ridiculous things like in nepal we would um we'd take the bus and um, the buses in Nepal will fill up during like, you know, peak times or during just like long trips. And so a lot of people ride on top of the bus and most, most of the time the tourists will stay inside the bus, but we would all just like jump on top. And that's like some, some really fun memories of just riding for two hours on top of a bus. (laughs) And it's like, it's a long ride and there's like power lines draping over, like touching you while you're driving. Oh, and it's shit. like, but it's, it's fun. And, and, you know, most of the power lines don't have power going to them. That's so when it's you fine. just find the depression in the bus and lay in there. Cause if a ball could yeah. roll over. <laughs> yeah. But stuff like that is always awesome. Or like, um, yeah, I, I mean, just doing spontaneous things is really cool. And I, I feel like the the downside of planning is that you get, you gravitate toward these cushy, touristy things where instead of taking the local bus, you're going to end up on a, on a tourist bus that's like a sprinter van full of other tourists, you know, mm-hmm. which is not as fun as like, I've literally had an old woman sit in my lap with a chicken in her lap on a Nepali bus and just like she basically was sitting on top of me for like an hour and it was just like I guess this is what we're doing because this is full bus um yeah you you kind of limit your exposure to the true local culture mm -hmm. when you do the more touristy things yeah Yeah. I just I maybe it's because I don't have enough I I don't take enough time off work or get to travel as much as I would love to. I mean, if I got to travel as much as I wanted to, it'd be gone for four months out of the year at least. Yeah, but that seems like a good amount. Yeah, but, like, because we don't, thinking about, like, Jake's first time in Venice and Rome, like, what if we went to Rome and didn't see the Colosseum? You know, like, that would be so sad for me because that's such an impressive, incredible place Mm -hmm. that has so much history you know and yes it's definitely like touristy obviously oh yeah like the locals aren't doing tours of the coliseum but like that's i guess why i don't know maybe it's that just fomo it's just iconic yeah yeah like you've got to do okay so you're going to rome like you have to do this this and this like of course Mm -hmm. you're gonna go um see the sistine chapel of course you're gonna you know like so but then you do end up booking your entire trip around these really big things um Mm -hmm. i do think though that having jake will be really great because he and i can kind of tap out from the family you know like he kind of gives me an excuse to go just wander or whatever so 
again, my, my family is pretty cool and just, like, laid back. And so, like, they're already planning, like, kid trips and stuff like this. And so they know that we're going to have an afternoon where we don't want to go to the kids museum or whatever it is and so like that gives me an excuse to not do that either and like go and just wander and explore with him so yeah the coliseum is is really cool though there's a lot of cool history there i i personally my favorite part of the history is that they used to fill it up with water water and have uh battles inside of it like on boats I didn't know that. That's pretty trippy. That's they they awesome. only did that a couple times. But it sounds it, like an ordeal. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hand filled pails of water. <laughs> well, they were they were like the masters of running, like, uh, what are they called? Viaducts. The, yeah, viaducts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And so they probably did it with that. Yeah. They well, that's what I was thinking. That's awesome. Yeah, you're not giving the Romans enough credit. I how I know. how many people died in the Colosseum? Any does anybody have an idea? Yeah, we read this stat. I don't remember it, but we read it. Okay. A lot. Tom, probably you know? thousands, but that's not that much in comparison to like uh, I was talking with someone about uh, I think on our last episode we were talking about the uh the pyramids, the uh, Mayan and Aztec pyramids. You'll go there and they'll have an altar that's like a just a big stone and they're like it's estimated that 20,000 people have been cut open and sacrificed on this rock. And it's like, wow. Yeah. That's a lot of people yeah. in one spot that have been yeah. just butchered, you know? That's gnarly. So that's a morbid yeah. stat. But the, <laughs> there's also animals, too, that were killed in the Colosseum. Yeah, a lot of lions and elephants and mm-hmm. everything. Ugh, when we were in Spain, they had, I mean, bullfighting still a thing. Mm-hmm. And we just pretended like it wasn't when we were there. We're all vegetarian and all. Yeah, it's a soft spot for you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I all love the animals. <laughs> Couldn't help it. Couldn't handle it. Yeah, so don't, if you're listening, don't go to bullfights. Oh, God, no. Or what are they called? Bullfighting? Yeah. Is that it? Yeah. Yeah. Have a it's not cool. Game. No. Ugh. In fact, I, I remember I created like, some software for back in the day uh, for money laundering. It was like a to educational course money. about, no, it was teaching you how to not mon- launder money. Oh, and okay. uh, it turns out that um, money from bullfighting is, is illegal in, in like to move across borders and stuff. So hmm. a lot of the other countries penalize Spain for, for doing that stuff. Yeah. Um, I'm surprised it's still a thing. It's, Maddie's cousins did the running with the bulls like mm-hmm. five years ago, which I can't believe that's still a thing. We're like in the middle of Barcelona. They're like, just open up the main thoroughfares for bulls. Like, seems safe. You know, exactly. like that seems so archaic and so. It's a rich tradition. It is. So, you know, it's crazy. I, I ran into this super old dude who was a backpacker when I was 22 on this trip of Europe. And we were taking the train from like Sweden to Denmark and I ended up talking to him for hours. He was a really interesting guy. Um, And he was like 80, 88 or something at the time and was just backpacking through Europe and going to hostels and stuff and left his wife at home in Georgia (laughs) and uh, (laughs) like Georgia and the United States. And, um, (laughs) <laughs> and he was showing me pictures of he did the running of the bulls or or was there. I don't think he like ran it, um, but he had photos on his little like point and shoot camera of a guy getting gored by the bull with its uh, its horn. Yeah. And it went under the guy's rib and it killed him. It hit his heart. And so people actually die doing that stuff. It's pretty, pretty crazy. I've seen the bulls attack people in videos and it's. Yeah. If you think you're going to just like some Run. protected, no. you know, legitimate thing, you can le- you can definitely die in the running of the bulls. So yeah, there's that, significant risk in that. Yeah. No, thanks. That's gnarly. He just had a picture of it. Yeah. He had a photo. <laughs> he had photos of it and he was he was like showing me him. And yeah, you could see the guy was oh. getting like lifted up by um, the horn and it. Yeah, I guess it killed him. Well, it's crazy. Yeah. I mean, play stupid games. Yeah. 
win the stupid yeah. prizes. If you mess with the bull, you're going to get the horns, right? That's what they say. That's what my dad says. And then he combs his eyebrows oh, yeah. like that. <laughs> <laughs> but usually he does this too. Uh, licks him for mm-hmm. nice. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Jim's a badass in case he's listening. He's so cool. (laughs) That's my dad. (laughs) All right. I got to meet him. Yeah. Yeah. So, in terms of going back to the trend of like traveling, how about airports and stuff? Like, what what are your experiences and like what what have you what kind of little hacks do you do to make traveling through airports and airplanes more Mm -hmm. comfortable? You're a tall dude, Jake. Yeah, he is. How tall are you? Uh, I'm six three. Yeah, and I'm five um, two. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. My tip for being tall on a on a coach seat is just get to like the taste <clears throat> of your own knees because that's <laughs> about all you can do. Um. Yeah, I, I, if you can get an exit row, like you have to like Take some up, knee pads. Yeah, you have to like upgrade to get any extra leg room yeah. these mm-hmm. days. You don't just get lucky anymore. No. So the hack that I use, which is a little um con- controversial <laughs> but we Annette and I always get on the plane last so everyone when they start calling the boarding zones and stuff everyone like jumps to their feet and gets That's in me. line and mm-hmm. there's and they're like we're getting on the plane and <laughs> me and Annette are just like whatever we wait till the very last person is like scanning their ticket and then we stand up and we go and scan our ticket and get on cuz you may as well just chill and sit Mm-hmm. It's the same thing when the plane lands and it gets to the gate and they the seatbelt sign turns off and everyone like unbuckles and stands up. Stands up and then doesn't and move. And it's like, yeah, and then you don't move for five, ten yeah, minutes. So and I always just sit in my seat. <laughs> yeah. So there's no point. But if you do that and you get on the plane last, like when you're boarding, if you see exit aisle seats... They're probably not taken. Mm-hmm. So I just go and sit in the exit aisle. Mm-hmm. And then 50% of the time I get caught. Really? Yeah. And they tell me to move. And then oh. you just go to your side seat. The other 50% of the time I get basically a free upgrade. That's awesome. Which technically is stealing, but I don't know. You know, who cares? It's you an empty seat, that. so I don't feel that bad about it. Jake likes to follow the rules. I do not yeah. like confrontation when I'm the one. It's not trouble. bad. Uh, it's no. not bad. You know what I don't like, though, is like not finding space for your stupid carry-on in the overhead baggage. yeah uh-huh. like seem those fill up how no, do they fill up i mean it's never gonna be like oh sorry sir your carry-on doesn't fit you can't come on the flight yeah, <laughs> yeah. But then they check it and then they lose it i've had so many lost bags over the years especially just with flying. the with the hand-checked stuff i don't know just when we that used to fly to safe. and from florida mm-hmm. every single time our bags would get lost delta lost my bags once Mm. Every know, single time. I mean, they would find them eventually. Three days. They into lost your trip. mine for three weeks, Oof. and it had like a lot of stuff in it. Mm-mm. What did you get all your stuff back? Well, they they didn't even try to look for it until I submitted the insurance claim, and it was for five thousand dollars that they were going to have to reimburse me. Mm-hmm. And then they found it the next day. Wow! Like the second they started reading that they were going to have to reimburse me five grand, they were mm-hmm. like, okay. We found your bag. Oh, wow. It's like, uh, that's good that you got it back. And also, well, it's, I was moving from New Zealand to the US mm-hmm. and and I had all my like climbing gear and oh, like my shit. motorcycle helmet and all my clothes and everything. This huge duffel. And they lost that. Oh, and no. it was this massive rolling duffel that weighed like who knows how much. But, Easy to lose. You yeah. Know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, they found it. it like out in the middle of the desert at some weird no. Christian. It sounded like a like cult yeah one of the like pray the gay away camps or something in the middle of the desert in utah huh which is near here i'm sure yeah yeah. (laughs) that sounds like something we'd have there's a direct bus from temple square right to that place (laughs) straight there um you know what we do is actually we've never checked a bag we just put everything in a carry-on mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. make that work it's, it's great you don't have to wait at the carousel oh yeah i hate waiting we talked about that on the last episode no mm. no check baggage is is amazing yeah. the other thing i really like it's so simple but i just get such kick out of it is wearing a belt with a plastic buckle mm. you don't have to take it off you have one yeah they you can get them where they're like 
uh, I think REI has some that's sort of like Bison is the brand. I mm. got a cheap one elsewhere, but yeah, it's just like a feed through little dinky buckle and it's awesome. Mm-hmm. And you can walk through security with nice. it. However, I have the Goes Global, what is that? Global entry, entry. system. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, so do a lot of Ooh, people in yeah. my family. And it makes, well, it means that I have TSA pre-check, which means that Jake has TSA pre-check. But then when we actually go through, um, what is that called? Customs. Customs. I mm-hmm. get to go through really quickly. But yeah. then Jake has to sit there. Yeah, but I don't I know, have to take I, I, I need to get global entry. It's worth it. It lasts like 10 years? It's so worth it. I don't know. It's yeah. like 100 bucks. Or maybe and it was I... a very weird interview. The guy was like nice, mean at the same time. Yeah. And I was like sweating. He's like, what's your name? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> what is my name? He's like, hmm. Every time I like answered Queen Smith. Yeah. Hmm. I was like, is that not what it says there? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but I got it, so it's worth it. I would, I would highly recommend it. it means how much I get to, was it? I think it was like a hundred bucks. A hundred bucks. Yeah, and it, lasts it gets you TSA while, pre-check. Right? Yeah, I, I thought it lasted forever. I'm disappointed to hear it may only be ten years, but um, yeah, it gets you TSA That's pre-check and it gets you through though. customs, super fast. Yeah, like lightning fast. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's. That part's really nice. I finally just applied for it, and there's, I think, a three, three or four-month month wait time yeah. before I can get mm-hmm. an interview, so I already paid them. And oh. now I have to go interview at in the February. airport. Yeah, okay. so I need to get in line So for get that. on it before okay. you actually need it. Yeah, because yeah. next thing you know, you'll be in, like, L.A. or San Francisco or something in a huge line. Mm-hmm. It's so, and it, it, it is it's a different so line, nice. too. Mm-hmm. Um, I flashed my card... Where were we recently? Vancouver? When I flashed my card and it got us through the whole thing. I was able to pull you through with yeah. me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That and that nice. was nice. Um, so they give you a physical card. Yeah, too, that's the interesting can... thing, too, mm-hmm. with pre-check as well, is mm-hmm. that you can, like, kind of vouch for the person you're with, which is weird. They kind of automatically assign it for you. So yeah. every time I've bought our tickets, Jake has had TSA pre-check on his thing mm-hmm. because i get it on mine yeah so they just kind of lump us together which is what's your ktn it. number <laughs> i'm just kidding <laughs> no <idea. laughs> just say it on the podcast yeah. Yeah. five eight nine <laughs> <laughs> i don't know what it is i think it starts with five eight nine i have no idea what <laughs> mine is mine i actually that's a good travel tip that uh I do is i write my ktn number in the back sleeve of my passport uh, because that's a number you always need. Like if you're checking in for a flight and you forgot to add TSA pre-check, you're going to need your KTN number, which comes with it. And, uh, it's your known traveler number. Yeah. Um, and so I just like wrote it in pen on my passport. You can write on your passport. No one cares. Mm-hmm. So that's not on idea. your face. Mm-hmm. Don't draw on your picture. There's <laughs> like a mustache and stuff. You might get in some trouble. <laughs> but yeah, I, I wrote that in there. And I also keep a bunch of printed uh, passport size photos that mm-hmm. I tape inside the back sleeve of my passport. Um, just because sometimes you need them for visas and stuff. Like mm-hmm. when you go to India, uh, you need to bring a little like, um, it's like two by two inch portrait of you on like a perfectly white background and you know they're always super picky with those passport photos so i have just a bunch printed out that i have taped in there when we went to europe the first time we scanned our passports and sent them sent copies to my parents so that in case anything happened that well we would have the email receipt so that we could pull it up via phone in case we lost it or they were stolen and then they could always print them and send them back or i mean just email us back too um mm. our friend chris maddie's brother lost his passport in prague in prague right yeah. <laughs> and oh, it was a whole shit storm and he had to get the embassy involved yeah it's a big deal yeah and they were stuck there and i mean it I've worked out renew but... mine my, i think mine expires in like february so that's something too is like some places won't let you travel if your like passport is within out, right? six months yeah. of expiring. So I gotta get on that. Yeah. Really? Why what's the rationale? Because if you overstayed your time there, hmm. then mm-hmm. you would be illegal hmm. in many You'd be stuck ways. there or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. They couldn't even kick you back. I don't know. Well. But um we ran into that with 
my aunt and uncle had a date coming up and they were like, well, you can't leave the country. And they were like, what the hell are you talking about? It's a one week trip. It was like to Mexico. And they were like, nope. So they had to jump through all these hoops. Yeah. Good to know. Mm -hmm. That's brutal. I would, I would be very upset if like, I mean, it kind of depends where you are though, where you get stuck. Might not be the worst thing. Well, ever. true, but if you can't get into the country in the leave. first place, that's yeah. oh, oh, that's what you're saying. Yeah. Okay. If yeah, you're yeah. like headed out on vacation to Mexico and they're like, nope, you can't come in, mm, yeah. and you're like in the airport, mm-hmm. yeah, with your flip flops on already, yeah, even though it's <laughs> and your snowing. plastic belt, and you're already drunk. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I gotta give me a plastic belt. My my alum- I have an aluminum one that's made by Petzl that I travel mm-hmm. with. It's mm. just like a little like tiny aluminum buckle and mm. that makes it through like half of the metal detectors mm. but oh. half isn't good enough i need plastic yeah i gotta upgrade yeah one time when i went through one of those ones where they swab everything mm-hmm. it was, we were coming back from mexico and like whatever lotion i had used triggered it and we were like it was my mom and i and we were running late and i remember i was like my mom had already gone through and she was like, I'm going to go to the gate and tell the flight, to, like, tell them you're coming. So she left me and they, like, detained me in a Mexican, like, holding cell because they were waiting for a woman to come to, like, fuel me up because they wouldn't allow a man to mm-hmm. do it. And I was like, at this point, like, I don't care. Like, send anyone you want. But it was like the aloe lotion or whatever they had at the hotel triggered something on the swab. And they thought it was, like, bomb something or other mm-hmm. so they anyway it all worked out but it was stressful being Could alone it have been the cocaine lotion i've heard I about i mean no. yeah <laughs> maybe <laughs> it got me real jazz <laughs> but nice well i think we've just passed an hour on the on the recording oh, so nice i think nice. we might wrap it up let's wrap it up i think that was a good uh good little chat so mm-hmm. thank you guys for for coming on the show that was a great way to spend an hour absolutely yeah. thanks for having yeah, it was me solid. thank you the so wine, much the wine was pretty good too yeah it was very good hopefully we're not all like slurring we're gonna listen to this tomorrow <laughs> like, yeah. so sad. thanks for having us Tom <laughs> you're beautiful <laughs> alright thanks guys thanks Hey, thanks so much for listening to this episode of Strange Places. If you like the show, please take a moment to leave us a good review or share this episode on social media or just tell your friends about it in real life. Imagine that. Each good review or share really does go a long way, so thanks in advance. You can also subscribe to get more episodes. Just search for Strange Places wherever you get your podcasts. And if you love to travel, you should check out flightsmachine.com where you can get alerts when flight prices drop at your home airport. Each week, you'll get alerts for huge drops in airfare to destinations in the U.S. and all over the world. Join for free or visit flightsmachine.com strangeplaces for 50% off your first six months of all-access membership. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next time.